With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a lot. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who's about, about? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, as you see, Mike Washington is, is out on assignment. I don't know if it's the valid thing, valid, valid thing, or if he's actually on assignment because it didn't go well for the senior day at home for the Prairie A&M University Panthers. But we do have an interview that will get into us, and they already had their seat in the championship game. So in a lot of ways, that game was outside of it, and you could tell in terms of who they played and didn't play in that game. Uh, but it'll be interesting because now it's for real. You get one shot at it, and somebody is going to hold up a championship trophy for the conference, and then they're going to get their invitation in hand, I'm sure, to the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta and ultimately play South Carolina State, the Bulldogs, who got it done now a couple of weeks ago in terms of winning the MEA championship. With that being said, this is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. With, so I want to say welcome. 2000 episode 211 I was 2000 I was about to really add it up there I think I was talking <laughs> about the year 2021 but no not to be I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there obviously I gave the professors a day off they wanted a little time to get ready for this last stretch so they can get in their grades appropriately I'm not sure if they were actually getting in their grades or they were cheating a little bit with their own time but I can understand because that turkey is good <laughs> and it can weigh you down so you there see you go. Professor Drew in here, he's ready. Uh, he looked like he did the turkey well. Certainly looked like Professor Bishop went all in. I had a chance to come and check with him Friday night to get in. So we uh, did our brotherly smoke. Uh, and so we'll talk about that. As we say, kudos for Bowie State Bulldogs as they go into the quarterfinals, the third round. Shout out to them. Kudos. Kudos to... Dr. Trey Beyond Scott as he got his first Bayou Classic victory as a VP of athletics, i.e. Mm -hmm. athletic director. Mm -hmm. Kudos for Mississippi Valley as they defeat the Western Division representative and close the season out in strong fashion after giving head coach uh, Dancy a contract extension. So 
things that you interest me. Shout out. Also, as you've heard by now, to Alabama State and records them getting it done. Shout out to Jason Cable uh, as the VP of Athletics there, uh, naming their new head coach, Eddie Robinson Jr. For those that may not be aware, he is not uh, related to the legendary Eddie Robinson. Um, Eddie Robinson was a man of Alpha Phi fraternity. Eddie Robinson <laughs> Jr. happens to be a man of Omega Psi Phi. Not to say that it would matter, but I thought it'd be interesting to point that out. Good guy out of Houston. We'll find a way to make sure we can get to him. He won the press conference without a doubt. With that being said, I do want to say welcome to the show and the podcast. We have a lot going on. Showing that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for the institution. Large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture and sports athletic aesthetics, as you know, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. Because last Thursday, y'all had me going in on the business. Tuesday, I should say, on the business side of this in regards to the playoffs or the championship game. So we'll keep talking about the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yadikaville, along with my co-host today, will be none other than Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew. That's Professor Bishop and Professor Drew. We're filming from our home studios right here in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas, with a shout out. You know, I'm always going to represent. No, so, I like that. So Charles wearing his just, I said, I got one of those. Today's episode <laughs> inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by TNT THA Agency is the company that provides sporting and educational consulting data analytics. I did want to shout out Bernita Harris of Pinch-Done. You remember she came in with her colleague to talk about her new book and tailgating components of it. I wanted to shout them out because they did the Prairie View Alumni Chapter of the Bahamas. So I wanted to shout out all those Bahamians out there, all the folks representing different HBCUs, particularly Prairie View as they did a uh, Payne College, Bethune-Cookman, Tuskegee, Fort Valley for participation in the fraternities and sororities, um, particularly AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha for their representation in what was a day of learning about schools and traditions of HBCUs. So thought that was very fascinating. Two round trip international tickets were given uh, to be able to come. And then they had a watch party for the game yesterday, for a couple of the games that they were watching yesterday. So I like that when we talk about the international perspective, business perspective of HBCUs and how they really exist. Before we get too far, I also wanted to talk about this. A little bit of rare ball in action. I know y'all mm. football, but a little bit of ba- basketball. And today happens to be unique because usually we don't get these opportunities. First, a couple of big wins by North Carolina A&T in terms of Division One win yesterday. Uh, they got it done. Jackson State had a big Division One road win. Um, so you're getting some programs that are getting these wins. Prairie View just nipped uh, with their uh, Loyola Marymount, where they lost uh, by a couple of points, and we've seen a couple of those. But today we have some HBCU multi-conference action. First, you have a um, mid-major uh, matchup, I guess you would call it. Uh, some people say low major, which is the Citadel at South Carolina State. Uh, you would think that's an opportunity for a uh, chance for the Bulldogs and the MEAC to get a win. 
Miyake is doing pretty well with Norfolk State getting it done uh, with three plus Division One wins, sitting at six and one. Before we get to them, that's a one o'clock game in the CIT. Then you have the Battle of the Bay on the basketball court, which is Hampton and Norfolk. It's a seven o'clock tip off. These are always good. It's the HBCU Challenge hosted by Chris Paul. So I'm interested in it. This is on ESPN two. Then you have the Grambling and Morgan State. Morgan State is two and four. Grambling is one and four. Both of them have Division one wins in terms of what's going on there. That's the ESPN nine thirty game. And then you have Southern at Tennessee State, which is a two o'clock game sandwiched in between those matchups. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see how these go right now. SWAC has won both of their HBCU matchups. You had one earlier where Alabama A&M defeated Tennessee State, and then you had Alabama State defeating uh, North Carolina Central. Both of those games were on their home court. So it'll be fascinating to see now that they have these um, Southern going to Tennessee State. Can they get it done? And then you have these neutral court matchups. So I'm fascinated about that. With that being said, let me go to you, Professor Bishop. What's on your mind? Hey, you know, there's a lot of great action yesterday. Uh, I, I benched on, uh, on as much football as I could yesterday. And uh, Dr. Gill, we, we talked a little bit about basketball as well with Jack State, Louisiana, Lafayette. But that Bayou Classic, I mean, it was a classic one. You Grambling, a tremendous win uh, yesterday over Southern. Uh, and when you take a look at everything that uh, Gremlin has kind of gone through this past season, season not being up to Gremlin standards, uh, uh, Coach Fobbs uh, being released uh, for them to get this a huge uh, body classic victory. That was that was big yesterday. That was big for Gremlin's program moving forward. So we'll see where they go now with regards to their coaching search. But uh, 55,000 the Dome yesterday coming back to New Orleans. That was huge yesterday to uh, get a chance to opportunity to sit back and watch that. Yeah, I got to agree with you. It was an exciting game. I got to see basically the second half of it peeking in and out uh, throughout the game for the first half. And it's a classic Bayou classic in terms of its entertainment value. Back and forth, big plays here, key stops, uh, big turnovers here and there at a distance. But we talk about the special teams all the time in football, and Gramlin's kicker put the special in the special teams as he had five. Five. Field goals, including essentially the game winner with about seven seconds left on the clock. He left two on the clock. Wasn't really anything that Southern could do effectively. And so it won the game. And remember, it was just a couple of years ago when Southern won the game on the fact that they were able to block that field goal attempt. So, man, history finds a way to turn itself around and evens itself out as we talk about HBCU Classics. A.D. Drew, what's on your mind? Well, brothers, the hate is real. Uh, Thursday, my beloved Tuskegee University lost a a Turkey Day Classic to Alabama State, and I had to deal with that because not only did did Tuskegee (laughs) lose, but they were blown out 43 to 9. And just as soon as you recover from that, then my beloved Florida A&M University goes mm. and lays an egg in the FCS playoffs. So for me, the hate is real. You know, all the uh, trash talking and smack talking that I've been hearing over the past <laughs> four days uh, about both my universities, brothers, the hate is real. Also, <laughs> one last thing, uh, Cyber Monday is tomorrow. 
No, I'm not talking about the sales and everything that you're going to be able to get online, but I'm talking about watch for the post on your school's athletic website as jobs start to change, jobs start to open, and one hiring or and or one firing causes openings in other places at other institutions. So Cyber Monday is tomorrow. That was appropriately said on all fronts. Great information, great framework. Yes, it was a tough one for the Rattlers uh, in terms of the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> but I think it was a great learning experience. And I do want to say this. A lot of people don't realize it's not just playing for the playoffs that are important or getting into a championship game for the sake of having the championship game or a bowl game for that matter. When you're coaching, you're always not only – planning for the moment, but it's also looking forward. Those extra practice times that you get uh, with some of your young players that are going to be taking over the following year are extremely important. And you can ask the coach at any level, particularly those at the FBS level that play in bowl games, one of the biggest values that they want to see at one is to celebrate the young men for usually what is a great season, the hurdles that they overcome and the rewards that come with it as well as the fact the coaches are greedy. They get a couple of more practice times with those young pups, as we'll call it in this case, those mm-hmm. college athletes that are seeking uh, to get more experience to get better. So I thought it was fascinating. All in all, great weekend, no matter how you look at it. Anytime we get to celebrate HBCU athletic programs, doing your thing is big. With that being said, let me give you a breakdown of those games and scores that you probably have heard of, but just in case. Uh, you had number one, Jack State Tigers. They were open, but they will play next week, uh, Saturday, December 4th in Jackson, Mississippi. And number two, Florida a and Rattlers lose to Southeastern Louisiana Lions 24 um, to, uh, what is that, 2014, was that score? 38-14. 38-14, excuse me. In that update, Alabama A&M at number three was season complete. Number four, Prairie Vienna Panthers lose to Mississippi Valley Delta State Devils 24 to 19. They are in the SWAT championship game Saturday, the Denver 4. Uh, you have South Carolina State Bulldogs. They're open as they wait, heal, and get ready for the celebration bowl. At number six, North Carolina Central, as you know, season complete. Number seven, Alcorn State Braves season complete. They'll be thinking about that Bethune Cookman loss next couple of weeks, thinking that uh, we could have got in. North Carolina mm-hmm. Central Eagles season complete at number Nine Hampton Pirates season is completed. Number 10, North Carolina A&T State Aggies season is complete. And I've seen a couple of them hollering that the football season went in the flash. Samaj over there, big-time Aggies fan that does this show. Shout-out to him. I saw him on Twitter, and he's absolutely correct. This thing went a flash in a minute. Number one, Bowie State Bulldogs defeat Newberry Wolves in the second round of the playoffs, 13 to 10. They get it done. They see – Valdosta State will get in a little bit about that matchup. And number two, Albany State Golden Rams, season complete. Number three, Savannah State Tigers, season complete as you move through here. Number five, Langston Lions, season complete. Number seven, Virginia Union Panthers, season complete. Kentucky State, thoroughbred, season complete. Number nine, Shaw Bears, season complete. And number 10, Lane Dragon, season complete. We talk about all that to say, most of those programs, you would think you don't have to worry about Cyber Monday, but we can see because some of those assistant coaches could be looking for opportunities as some of the other places come open, whether it is as a head coach or offensive coordinator to try to see if they can take their next step. So it'll be fascinating to see how that goes. With that, 
This is Dr. Ville inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this break. I want you to get the vaccine because I want you to be safe. I don't want you to be a patient. I take care of you in the hospital. That's what I'm scared of. I hug you. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. CSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
True Black Essentials is a retail opportunity to bring black businesses under one roof where every product on every shelf in every aisle will be black owned and black produced by people all over the world. Statistics show that the $1.3 trillion of spending power that we have as black people can easily be turned into each black person having $2 million if we were to shop black for two years. So True Black Essentials will launch an e-commerce store on November 1st, 2020, but we will open up brick and mortar stores in Atlanta, New Orleans, Charlotte, Houston, and Jacksonville with the very first store opening in Atlanta, June 19, 2021. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. We're bringing you another great interview, man. We got a legend on there. Y'all don't know about this one, though. Y'all, some of y'all not into HBCU sports like you're supposed to. Some of y'all are not doing y'all homework. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. We are with Professor Drew, Professor Bishop. But joining us is none other than the defensive coordinator of the 12-1 Bulldogs of Bowie State going into the third round quarterfinals of the playoffs as they just win, 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 win. He has a previous stand, as I've known him before, when he brought me a championship down there at Prairie View on the hill, as we say in it. That's a dig at uh, Professor Drew, uh, as they think they have a hill. Some of those bulldogs out there and my wife have a hill, but we got <laughs> Coach, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Blessed, blessed to be here with you guys this morning. Thank you for having me. Man, you're an upcoming coach, so I thought it was brilliant. We have an opportunity to make sure we showcase those coaches that are up and coming. Uh, that rightfully, in due time, they should be leading their own program. And I'm not speaking that for your side. You don't have to comment on that. But I would not do you justice or those other assistant coaches out there that have been digging in the toil, getting it done for a number of years, learning their crafts. And we see by what this Bulldog team represents over the last couple of years. Let's not get it twisted. This program has been in getting it done under the head coach's leadership, We've had him on previous, as you know, as you set that up. And then, obviously, what you do on the defensive side of the ball is second to none in the nation. Before we get too far into that, tell those that may not understand a little bit about your background, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so uh, I'm an I'm a HBCU product as well. Uh, got my undergraduate degree from Bowie State University, class of 2003. Um, played a little ball there during that time. Um, was a... <laughs> Fortunate enough to make all CIAA during my senior season in 2002, um, which was kind of the year um, a lot of people, you know, kind of attribute the beginning of our success to the Amir Hall era. But that was actually the first year 
but we made it to the CIAA championship in 2002 and lost to Fayetteville State, which is why, you know, honestly, I, I don't have much sympathy for us winning the CIAA championship against Fayetteville State because <laughs> my last my last ever college game was in the in the cold, rainy Bowman Gray Stadium. And, uh, and, and, you know, we lost a tough contest to Fayetteville State for the CIAA championship. But uh, I think wow. that showed, showed us as a program that, that, that we could really, you know, be one of the better teams in the CIAA. Um, from there, uh, when I graduated, I went down and did, uh, did a year as a GA at Fort Valley State. Um, came back home to Bowie for a year and, uh, you know, was working some odd jobs here and there, driving trucks and working for electrical company and working for moving companies and, uh, you know, kind of, Doing, doing what a lot of a lot of our young men do when when they when they graduate, um, just you know just trying to find my way, and um, you know I, I knew that football was my passion, but you know I also knew I knew also knew I had to put some to put some money in my pocket, and um, I was blessed enough to have the opportunity to volunteer on the staff at Bowie in 2004 um, with with Coach Mike Lynn as our head coach, and um, then you know one day I was I was up like I said running around driving my truck. Um, the delivering some electrical supplies and 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 I got a got a phone call from my my former head coach Henry Frazier, uh, who had just taken the Prairie View job the previous year, um, and saying, hey, you know, I got a job for you. I want you to come down here and coach my DBs. Um, you know, wow. didn't have to interview anything. So you know, one uh, I never forget July July the third two thousand and five. I packed up all my all my everything that could fit in my Cadillac. I packed it in there. And um and drove from from Maryland, <laughs> stopped, spent the night in Louisiana, and um <laughs> I was I, I I thought you know I, I was making good progress until I got to the Texas state line and saw it said El Paso, Texas, like nine hundred and something miles, and I'm like, <laughs> no way I can be in Texas, and you're telling me another city in Texas is nine hundred miles away, so you know I got I got a very quick introduction to 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 them, you know when they say everything's bigger in Texas, um. But, um, you know, came to Prairie View, and, you know, I, I think that's when my career really took off, uh, you know, under the leadership of, obviously, Coach Frazier and, um, you know, Coach Northern, our defensive coordinator. He really did a great job of just, you know, just uh, um, not not putting too much on, on me early on, but allowing me to grow uh, under his leadership and learn, and then eventually, you know, putting me in a position to lead my own lead my own, uh, my own position room and you know, and and at times even get up in front in front of the entire defense, um, you know, just to kind of see what it what it felt like to be a coordinator, and uh, you know, and, and to lead an entire group of guys versus just that one position. Um, and then, like you said, you know, every year at Prairie View we got better and better at my position as well as as a team to, until we eventually won a championship. And um, again, another one of those early morning calls. I was with Coach Northern, um, going fishing <laughs> when uh, it was the year the SWAC championship was in Shreveport. And uh, we were up there, and we were up about five or six in the morning, going, uh, uh, getting ready to go to his boat and go fishing. And Coach Wilson gave me a call and said that his defensive coordinator had just left to take another job. And uh, you know, would I like to come home? And you know, uh, and and before he can even probably really offer me the job, I said, of course, you know, I, I would love to come home and you know help help to to uh, you know just with not only not not necessarily restore, but to to help take Bowie to to a new level from what we had already started. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that's been 10, 11 years in the making. Um, but, you know, here we are now in the third round of the playoffs and just, you know, I'm just, I'm just so blessed and, and, and proud as a Bowie State alum. And like I said, someone who's been, who's been involved in HBCU football for pretty much my entire adult life that, you know, that, that, that these guys are, are doing what they're doing on the field because 
as much credit as people want to give us, man, you know, it's, it's really a testament to the hard work and dedication that our, that our young men put in on, on a daily basis. Great point. Professor Bishop, go ahead. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about your defense uh, because you guys uh, lead the nation in defensive scoring and you've done it in a variety of ways, be it uh, interceptions or fumble recoveries. But just talk a little bit about some of the personnel on your defense, especially a young man like uh, Josh Pryor, who, uh, you know, sets the tone, if you will, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, like you said, I mean, our, our defensive personnel is it's, it's outstanding. Um, uh, it was, uh, you know, we were a, a little disappointed that that more of our guys weren't recognized for some postseason awards within our conference. But it's it's really a testament to those guys as individuals because they all sacrifice, um, you know, they, they all sacrifice individual success for us to achieve our team goals. Uh, as far as the, um, you know, as far as the, the individuals, like I say, you have Josh Pryor, Jonathan Ross, um, who, you know, who mm-hmm. has emerged. Uh, both of those guys, ironically, were <clears throat> guys that we redshirted their freshman year. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to convince a guy coming to a Division II school to redshirt because in their eyes, you know, they're, you know, a division. It's not like, you know, you had a big Division One where, hey, if, if you walk into Nick Saban's office and Nick Saban say, hey, we're going to redshirt you this year, you know, you're like, okay, coach. Like, you know, but, you know, for, for us, to be able to convince those guys to to agree to red shirt, but then put the work in. Um, both of those guys red shirted one year and came out their their red shirt freshman year and were defensive rookie of the year in our conference. Wow, wow. You know, so and and prior to that, um, you know, Demetri Morsell was a guy who was who who was freshman who who was who was uh he didn't red shirt his, his rookie year, but he didn't play very much and just kind of developed in the system and came out as a sophomore. Ended up being. Um, you know, defensive player of the year. So obviously we have those two guys. Um, we have a young man in in Kendall Robinson who doesn't get much much uh, publicity up front, you know, because he plays around a bunch of other guys. But he's a guy who had uh, a forced fumble, an interception, and a touchdown in the game we played New Haven, um, you know, who was just who just got eliminated in the second round of the playoffs as well. Um, and then you have a young man, Ellison Jordan, who is a who who is a guy who had, you know, a few major knee surgeries at Penn State. Most people thought his career was over, and he just had nine solo tackles for us yesterday as our as our nose guard. Um, you've got at, at the linebacker position, you got Jordan Carter who has two touchdowns on the season. Uh, Wesley Bowers, who who's our who's our, our emotional and physical leader, who's a guy who uh, who transferred to us from Georgetown after earning his degree um, at Georgetown in three and a half years. Um, you got Simeon Gatlin, uh, who's a, another grad transfer from Morgan State. Um, who is a guy that's probably 185 pounds that plays outside linebacker for us. That's just, I mean, if, if you look on film, you see 20 all over the field just making plays. You know, he, he doesn't always make the splash plays, but he's the guy, sets the edge for us, takes away the team's best slot receiver. Um, you know, just, mm-hmm. just sort, sort of a, a, a jack of all trades. Aaron Ware is yeah. our real linebacker who, you know, is, 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 is a, uh, he does a great job of just, you know, being physical on the run on first and second downs. And then when you talk about our secondary, our secondary to me is 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 probably the most underrated, or probably the most physically gifted um, group that we have uh, on on our defense. Miles Wolfup, again, Dimitri Morsell, uh, Tevin Singleton, who who doesn't get anywhere near the, the credit he deserves. A four year starter for us, um, who you know most people give Dimitri Morsell all the credit because he gets the interceptions, make the big plays. But in fact, Tevin is the guy that when we're playing a team, we put him on our number one receiver. And I mean, just yesterday, the kid Woodruff from um, Newbury, uh, he had a hundred and something yards and, and a touchdown against 
West Florida, who was the defending national champion, and he had, I think, two catches against us yesterday. Um, so, and then obviously yeah. Raymond Boone, Raymond Boone, down. Yeah. Uh, and Raymond Boone, who who to me is, is is like you know I call him Wolverine. He's one of those guys where you know you try not to rein him in. You know you try not to rein him in too much, but you know he's a wild card. But he's a guy who's going to fly around, super athletic. Um, you know you're not going to win many jump balls against him. They're not going to be too many guys on our level who can run past him because of how you know physically gifted he is. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's so many guys and those are just our starters. And, but, you know, we play probably 18 to 20 guys defensively every game, man, you know, that allows those guys to remain fresh and know that, that they can give their all every single play. Awesome. Yeah. Great point. Uh, and if anybody knows about secondary defensive backs, particularly it's coach Sue. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break, come back and let Drew, professor Drew ask the question. And then we'll make sure that coach can get back to his time as he's talking about burning up his computer with all those films that he's watching, getting his team ready. We don't want to steal too much of your time, but we certainly appreciate that. We'll be right back after this break. The lab listeners, hoping you enjoy this. Stick with us. We got more to come. <clears throat> Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Uh, 
I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they want to tap, uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with. This is Dr. Cavill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Boys, some of the back room talking. You can hear it. We would all be in trouble. Slowburnswaco.com. Slowburnswaco.com. I think the coaches at Bowie State deserve their smoke. So we might be sending them something as, as, as the season progresses before it's over. Uh, we'll send that down to their coach. Uh, we'll make sure that you get that uh, in rightfully due time. With that, let me go back and let Professor Drew jump in here and ask this follow-up question. Well, I was telling you during the break, Charles asked for first question. The coach answered my second question while he's answering Charles' first question. So now I'm just going to go straight to the punch, Coach. You got Valdosta State this uh this upcoming weekend. Now, you had Valdosta State in 2018, and you played them in the second round and lost to them on their way to their national championship. Uh, A, how many players are left over from that 2018 squad? B, considering this is your, your third playoff appearance in a row, how has the team grown? And then mm. C, what will it take for you guys to beat Valdosta State? Okay, so first question. Um, I know defensively, we only have two guys, two starters remaining from that team. Um, mm. And one kid who sat out 2019, excuse me, but was on the, excuse me, but was on the 2018 team who returned for this year. Um, and then offensively, I believe our we have two offensive linemen and one receiver um, who were who were who were on that team. Like actually played on that team. Like then we got a bunch of guys who were who were who were freshmen who redshirted that year, um, who didn't get to travel with us um, and those kind of things. So it'll be good for those guys to you know get on the airplane. You know the NCAA does a good job when you have to fly to these road games. Um, you know. Uh, I'm sure our guys are gonna have their sunglasses on because we'll be pulling up on the on the tarmac and you know walking straight on the plane. You know, so it's it's a great experience for those kind of for those, for those guys. Um, but we do understand that we're going down there for for a business trip. Um, that was the first question. I think I know the first and the third one. I think I might have forgot the second one. I know you you asked me about the uh, uh, oh, how many guys on the team. How. Consider this is your uh, third okay. uh, appearance in the row in a row in the playoffs. How has your team grown from that from 2018, 2019? Obviously, 2020 was COVID, and now you've uh, actually won two games this year. So this is the furthest that Bowie has made it in those yeah. uh, three years. So how has the team grown as far as the playoff experience for you guys? All right, so so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go back a little further for you. 2015 was actually our first playoff appearance with, uh, with, with, with this, with this coaching staff and in this era. And um, I got a funny story about that because, you know, we had lost to Winston-Salem in the CIAA championship the game before um, the day before the selection show. And um, I, I, I didn't go in the office that next Sunday. I'm at home, you know, watching Sunday night football and, you know, eating some wings. And I get a text from one of my players, like, like, like coach, we locked in, we, we, we ready to go. And I'm like, Man, like I'm like off season workouts don't start till you know till January. What are you talking about? 
He like, yeah, because we got in the playoffs. I said, we got to know what? Like, I wasn't even, you know, because at the time we were, you know, we think of CIAA, CIAA, you know. And so we went to Assumption and we played like a team who was just happy to be there. Um, and and oh, in 2018, we played Valdosta. We played like a team that was just happy to be there. You know, like I said, we were happy to be flying on a private plane and, you know, going to going to this stadium where you see all the banners from the national championships and from the high school championships and so on and so forth. And we were literally like we were I think we were in awe of 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 being in the second round of the playoffs. And um, we told our guys yesterday, we said, you know, we're not just happy to be here anymore. You know, um, we have guys that, you know, uh, all of our transfers and incoming guys, they all said one thing to me. And that was, Coach, you guys won the CIAA championship without us. Like, we came here for one thing, and that's to compete for a national, compete and win a national championship. Um, and, you know, we're not, I'm not, I'm not here to make any guarantees or anything like that. But what I can tell you is that these guys are not satisfied with what they've done so far. And their mindset is, they want to show that they that they can truly compete with anybody. Now, how do we beat Valdosta State? Um, it's going to take a lot. To be honest with you, like I say, I'm watching these guys on film. They don't have a weakness offensively. Um, they have a dynamic quarterback. They have two running backs who were freshmen on the team that that won the national championship in 2018. They have a couple a couple receivers who were freshmen on that 2018 team. So they are they are good. Um, they're talented. They're experienced. They have a good scheme. Um, and obviously they're, they're battle-tested, uh, and, and traditionally they're a program that has always competed for a national championship. Um, but for us, we just have to do what we've been doing. We got to play fast. We got to be physical. Um, we, ha- we have to limit our mistakes. You know, we have to hopefully um, limit, limit the big plays defensively and, um, you know, offensively. Hopefully we can, um, you know, enforce our will on those guys a little bit and, you know, make them have to, Make them have to 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 get get out of out of their game plan. Um, you know, if we can try to get ahead a little bit and hopefully make them one dimensional, that's been a formula for success for us a lot. But I think we showed yesterday that even when we play, even when we play in the close game and we were behind in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, you know, these guys just they don't have any quitting. You know, they don't have any quitting. We have a lot of guys on our team who've been through a lot in their lifetime, especially over this pandemic. And the things that happen on the football field, honestly, uh, 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 it, it doesn't shake them very much because it pales in comparison to what a lot of them are going through in their in their real life. Um, mm-hmm. So, obviously, you know, Coach Wilson is going to he's going to make sure everybody understands that, that this is a different team, just as we did coming into the season. Everybody was talking Bowie State three P, and we probably had 50, 60 new guys on our roster. So for these guys, this is their first championship, and this is their first opportunity to get to go to Valdez State and play against them. And man, we're we're honored to be in in the third round of the playoffs, playing for a regional championship against a program who I'm sure everyone expected to be there. And it's really playing with house money at this point. You know, nobody outside of the HBCU circle expected Bowie State to be in the third round of the playoffs. So if we go down there and we don't win the game, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be disappointed. Nobody's gonna look down at us. So we don't have anything to lose and hopefully our guys understand that and they come out and, and, and just play and have fun. You know, it's a blessing to be playing football in December. Mm-hmm. Thank you coach for your time. Uh, I want I you to know, shout out to your alumni, give them a shout out and your coaches and your players. Yes, sir. I pray. With that being said, we want to uh, say that 
inside the HBC Sports Lab, HBC fans out there, uh, not only uh, Bowie State Bulldogs, but uh, a lot of us HBC fans are behind you 100%. And we say go Bulldogs. I would just like to say one one thing. I would love really, really, like I said, I, I coached at Fort Valley State, and I understand how they are, <clears throat> excuse me, in the South, especially when it comes to HBCUs. We would really, really love. I know you got a lot of HBCUs that are within mm-hmm. a couple of hours of Valdosta State, FAMU, uh, Albany State, Fort Valley, Morehouse. You know, if we can have as many of those fans come out and support us, I know we probably won't get a huge following. Um, from Maryland, um, you know, with it being so far away, but you know, we would really, really love if, if uh, you know, if, if all of those those fans could, could come out and, and support us because we we understand that that we're carrying the flag for Division Two HBCUs at this point, and uh, you know, we would really, really appreciate the support. That's all. Well, well, Coach, I will tell you this: I I, I stay forty five minutes from Valdosta, Georgia, and with you guys coming down this direction, I'm trying to get uh, our CEO to switch my assignment so that I could cover you guys uh, actually live in-house. So We would appreciate it. And definitely, definitely, enter, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get to meet in person. And um, all I can say is whatever you see from me is passion. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I know a lot of times they, HBCU game day, HBCU game day cameras always seem to find me immediately after the game. When I go back, I always go like, like, man, they caught me in the moment. You know, I, I don't say anything wrong, per se, but my energy is going to be very, very high. So, you know, hopefully hopefully you guys will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get an opportunity to see what Bowie State football is, is, is all about live and in person. No doubt about it. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. I hope you enjoyed that interview with none other than the defensive coordinator and Tom Sewell of Bowie State Bulldogs. We'll be right back after this last break. Into the fourth quarter, as they say. Put it up the fourth, fourth quarter. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Yeah. Looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. 
I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the ACCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. I do commend the uh, Mississippi Valley uh, team, Coach Dancer. They came, they was ready to play, and um. That, that's what I mean. We got to be prepared to play regardless of what the circumstances are. I know a lot of questions was asked about uh, these wrestling players. I play to win. That's just my philosophy. I play to win. I'm never going to go out there and short change myself for anything. Now, also, I'm also going to play smart as well. But I thought they played a good game. Uh, I did see some positive. That's the only thing I look for in a game. Although the outcome can be bad, I look for the positive part of it. I think the positive part is that my guys are going to fight. That's, I've been knowing that all year long, though. But we got to correct some things because uh, we're going to face a very good Jackson football team. Uh, how do you go about the process of transitioning from uh, this game to uh, preparing for the SWAC championship? Well, you, you got to uh, myself. I, I guarded myself to make sure that the only thing that was important to me was uh, Mississippi Valley. So now, uh, in my uh, something that I, I do do, I normally get to Sunday and. Uh, you know, look over all the corrections and uh, let it go after that and, and Monday move forward to Jackson. But I'll just be honest with you, it's for all the marbles. Uh, I'm, I'm going to drop this off tonight and be prepared uh, tonight for Jackson. That's just the way I'm going to operate. Coach, how much more difficult does it make though, going into a game like like this, I mean, on a three-game losing streak? I mean, obviously that's not the ideal situation to be in. You know, a lot, of, in my opinion, a lot of things are not ideal, but you know, Sometimes you got sudden change, some things happen, and you got to be able to roll with the punches. Uh, I, I don't think you can ask for a better uh, situation to, to rebound from after losing three games to go and fight for it all. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're the swag champs. That's all that matters. Uh, concern going forward, uh, uh, Tony Mullins had a pretty, it looked to be a significant injury. Uh, any comment in regards to uh, Tony Mullins, uh, the initial look of it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, and you know, uh, sure. I'm not a guy that uh, talks yes. about injuries, but uh, I did go down there. He's in, in good spirits, seems to be, uh, you know, an uh, issue, but we will never know until we go to the doctor and get an MRI, and that'll give us better diagnosis as to what's taking place right now. But uh, he'll fight him. The one thing I know about him, he's going to have to have both legs cut off for him not to play. Thank you, this is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab with Professor Bishop and Professor Drew, as that was courtesy of Professor Bishop as he does his double time duties all over the place. Appreciate you, Charles. Good work, man. Great. For sure. After for sure. The emotions of a tough loss, a senior day, but then having to turn the clock and understand that you have a shot at a SWAT championship game. And I think when you pull all this out, that's ultimately safe. Yeah, it's three straight losses. You like to be playing in a certain way, but if you put the cards on the table and say, hey, you're going to be 6-2 and two coming out of the Western Division, and uh, 
you're going to win the Western Division with that record and play for a SWAC championship. I think most people said they would have taken it. With that, what are your thoughts kind of coming out of that game? And then we'll level set it and switch to Drew as we start to transition with all the talk obviously going to be about the SWAC championship game in Jackson, Mississippi, which will feature Prairie Bay A&M coming out of the Western Division and Jackson State coming out of the Eastern Division. Well, I think obviously it was a disappointing loss yesterday, but I think to uh, Coach Dooley's point, uh, you do have to flush it. You do have to uh, sort of put it in the rearview mirror. I, I think uh, it was, uh, uh, like you said, Dr. Bill, uh, you still have to keep things in perspective. You still have won the SWAC West. You still will be playing for something huge this upcoming week, playing for the SWAC championship. Uh, so while that was a disappointing loss, uh, you do have to, in, in some manner, transition from it very quickly and figure out some of the things that you're doing wrong on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. True enough, I, I think on the defensive side of the ball, we did see a lot of second-team guys uh, in the game, especially uh, second half of the game. I kind of looked down at the roster and was looking at the numbers and saw quite a few second-teamers. Second so uh, you, you have to kind of keep things in perspective. I think what was significant uh, going into – uh, the finality of that game was that injury to uh, to Mullins, uh, a young man yeah. who was a dynamic uh, performer for Prairie View on, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, one of those X-factor type guys. So we'll see what his health looks like uh, going forward. But I think, you know, uh, the thing that's scary, and I, I tried to tell a lot of Jackson State fans last night not to crow too loud, is when you have a wounded team or a team that uh, has their backs up against a proverbial wall, that's when they're at their most dangerous. So you kind of have to keep things in perspective. Great points. Let me go to you, Drew. What are your thoughts in terms of the matchup, just getting into the matchup, Jackson State, Prairie View? Uh, and let me first give you kudos, particularly with Prairie View. You said at the beginning of this, when everybody was looking at these other teams, Pine Bluff, people were looking at Southern. Some people even threw Jack scrambling in there, right? Obviously, a lot of folks had Alcorn State, rightfully so. You said, no, wait up. There's a team down deep west in Texas over there uh, named Prairie View on the hill. They're going to be there, and you were right. But now it's all said and done. What are your, things, what are your thoughts, I should say, about this Prairie View Jackson State SWAC championship game matchup? Not only did I say Prairie View was going to be there, but I told you Valley was going to be a team to contend with. And uh, somebody who's uh, not co-hosted this show today laughed at me. So, But we're not going to get to that discussion. We're going to say that one for Tuesday when he's here because I'm not going to talk about him behind his back. I'm going to talk about him to his face on Tuesday. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) get it it back to it. You know, ain't no... Six and two, seven and one, come Saturday. Who cares? This is any given Saturday. One shot, anyone can win this game. And as we've seen this year, it all it takes is one play, one miscue, one penalty, one injury to turn the tide of a game one way or another. Yeah, Jackson State's a favorite going into this game. That that that's obvious. But to say to come into this game and think Jackson State's going to win this game going away, D I love. If that's what you believe, then D you not too smart because Prairie View is a doggo good team, and all it takes is 
Jackson State making a mistake, Prairie View taking advantage of it, and Prairie View wins this game. But it's a, it's the same thing. Jackson State's going to have to play a good a I won't say a perfect ball game, but Jackson State's going to have to play a good game in order to win this game on Saturday. I'm looking forward to a good heavyweight uh, matchup. Styles make fights. These two teams, style-wise, are probably the best two teams to go at each other in that championship game. You've got two rabid fan bases, two fan bases who love their team. There will be a lot of smack talking between now (laughs) and Saturday. We're going to have our old smack talking at the Black College Sports Network between 1876 and the pregame show. (laughs) Just so happened, members of both of those shows appear on Inside HBCU Sports Lab every week. So, Dr. Gaville, Get you, go ahead and get your stripes out because you're going to have to play referee all week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hey. Referee this week. I, was, I always had to do it right there because I'm watching uh, I'm watching Professor Bishop's face and he's like, huh, what? He just read it and it down. I say, calm down, calm down. Don't get your time. We understand that Jackson is the great slice of bread. You tried to sell it. But then your face turned when somebody else says something else. <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, it, but, yeah. but it's going to be but fun. And- before, before we get in here and start to close it up, I did want to talk about some of the particulars, you know, things in the games. And we'll take a deeper dive on this on Tuesday, as you said, Drew. You're right on the money with that. But in things that are – we'll talk a little bit more about things that are accentuated by both teams. But some of the things that you have to look out for Jackson State in terms of will they be able to run the ball? We know Shador has been able to show that deep in the game that he can make plays, he can extend plays, uh, even if his line is not playing at what they would want to see him play. He finds a way to get it done, right? But can they run the ball against Prairie View? We've seen in games where Prairie View has been stout against the run, but other times we've seen them that they have some weaknesses against the run. I think that's going to be interesting. And then when you talk about the defensive side of the ball for Jackson State can Prairie View offensive line, which to me was out physical against Valley yesterday. You know, was that endemic of some of the players sitting out? We know Valley is stout up front in the seven, but they have nothing on Jackson State front seven. If there's any weakness, and this is not to say that they're bad, but if there's any weakness to me, Jackson State is on the back end. But hell, if you get the pressure on the front end, your back end don't have to be great lights out because they are solid and they are good and they certainly know how to make plays. We've seen that later in the season where to me, they even got better. So those are the things that I'm interested in when we start breaking down the matchup in terms of specific size of the ball, specific head to head matchups, prayer views, wide receivers against the defensive backs of Jackson state, vice versa. Jackson state has some big playmakers that are fast, special teams. Jackson State has been able to show that they've been able to make big plays on special teams when they may be kind of stuck in the mud on one side of the ball or the other. They're special teams. And we've not seen Prairie View being able to give up some big special team play all year long. Can they get that corrected? Those are the things that I'm extremely interested in as a matchup that are going to be those things that give and go that could be, as you said, Professor Drew, the difference in a ball game because of big play here and there. Uh, Obviously, if a team gets up, are they going to be able to have the ability to fight back? 
Um, both of these teams have started slow uh, all season long. Both teams, ironically. But they're second-half teams, fourth-quarter teams uh, that seem to find a way, even if they're behind, that you can't just mail it in because they're going to fight back. Mm. Um, and so those are some things that are just fascinating to me in terms of this matchup when you really take a deeper dive and stop glossing over records, how teams are playing at the end and whatever. Um, and I think you're going to get a great representative for ultimately the celebration bowl one way or the other from the SWAT, which could mean that now you're going to stop that MIAC win streak they have over the SWAC in the celebration bowl. Uh, but we'll have more time to talk about that. I did want to kind of put that on the table before we close out the show. Appreciate the lab listeners getting in here, getting it done. I see them watching. They are all sided, lathered up. Alan Malone, Corinthian Morgan, uh, Carl Edmund, brother Gerald Wayne Joseph is in the house. Appreciate you. Brother Joseph, Thaddeus Reed, uh, he's picking JSU 48, PV 17. Uh, he thinks they're going to dump Trump Prairie View. I think that's going to be interesting. George Suggs is in the house. He talks about the 1981 one-double playoff series, which is in the early years of the playoffs. Good framework there. He talks about that. Kevin Crawford is in here giving us some uh, updates. Karen Griffin is always in the house. Gilda Porter. Uh, showing out and showing up. Roger Stewart in here. Lonnie Shaw is always in the house. Good morning. He's giving some business to Gramlin there, uh, shouting them out appropriately. Denise Simmons. Who else we got in here? Just wanted to give the proper shout-outs for those lab listeners joining us all this morning uh, without that. As again, stick tuned because we're going to have a lot of stuff coming at you. ONG uh, in terms of what they bring for BCSC, and I'm sure they'll do some closing up on the season. Obviously, you got Sports Wrap. They'll be debuting today. We have the pregame show. You know they're going to give you inside information like you've never seen before. They're going to cover the SWAC championship game. They have it at home, well-deserved. And so they're going to give you all types of insight. Hopefully, I get some of that hospitality that uh, Charles seems to be able to fall, show me, maybe don't kick me to the curb. You know, it's big time business for him now. With that being said, you have the 1876 Boston Culture that Drew also mentioned about. We're trying to do some collaboration, so you may see those on each other's show. So look forward to that. Usually the 1876 is a podcast. We may spin that over at least for this special week to see if we can give you some streaming platform uh, components of it. And so we'll be right here inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We'll be back to our regular schedule Tuesday and Thursday and then su Sunday. We'll do some post game and break down the game and let you know what our thoughts as we start to look at the celebration bowl. But the rest of the week, we'll give you the SWAT championship game. It should be good uh, coming up on this. With that, any final thought for you, Drew? You said for me? Yes. All right, sorry. I couldn't, couldn't quite hear you. Uh, let's, let's think about the SWAT championship game. SWAT check, check, championship game was basically created because we kept getting left out of the playoffs, the FCS playoffs. So, no, nah, I, I, I beg the difference on that one. As a historian of the SWAC championship game, the SWAC championship game in 1999 was facilitated. Actually, it was an error. It's funny how life uh, does this to you. The DN commissioner, you had two teams coming in the division, and they decided to split the conference 
and play a championship game, and it was for financial reasons, had anything to do with the playoffs at that time, the guy that came in didn't even really realize the records of the, of the SWAC in terms of the playoffs. But the legal part on the paper was that you had to have 12 teams to split in the division and play in the playoffs. So he actually got fined by the NCAA because they were out of order when they sent two postseason. You're only supposed to have one postseason play. They sent a team that actually had two postseason games. So they got in trouble for this. Uh, quietly, people don't realize the NCAA fined them uh, and told them that they were out of line. But oddly enough, they fought hard enough from the presidents they came back. And they put new rules on the books that said that you could play what they call this postseason game as long as it was between teams in the same conference, which is ultimately what we have on the books today. It wasn't even on the books uh, in that case. So uh, that's why ultimately you saw the Heritage Bowl not take place after that because um, SWAC couldn't play in the postseason in two, a year after that when they got the NCAA rule on the books. So I, I did want to level set that because it's important to me that the historical frameworks of what takes place is accurate. Um, but go ahead, proceed. Uh, th- thanks for that correction. But since uh, since 1999, the SWAC championship game has been the uh, seems to have been the be all end all for SWAC teams until this thing called the Celebration Bowl was created mm-hmm. in in about tw- in 20 what was 2014 2015 when we uh, first had the Celebration Bowl. Right now. Because of circumstances and everything had to line up correctly, we have a team that not, not only do we have our two teams in the SWAC championship game, but we had a team that had an opportunity to get to the FCS playoffs, which had not been done since the advent of the SWAC championship game for a SWAC team. Right. My, my, my point out, and I'm going to get to this real fast, for Jackson State, fans, they seem to not care that Fabu went to the playoffs. They, they they know what their prize is. Swag Championship, Celebration Bowl. Prairie View fans seem to not care that Fabu went to the playoffs. They're, they're supporting Fabu in the playoffs. Even Bethune supporting Fabu into the playoffs. But some of the other people who aren't as educated are downgrading Fabu for taking advantage of a perfect storm that can o- that can only happen in the SWAC, and specifically can only happen in the SWAC East, where the championship was wrapped up so early in the East, they were able to get on the radar for the FCS playoffs. Let's support our fellow SWAC members is where I'm going. Yes, we can have the rivalry between us, but we don't need the hate. Let's keep it at a rivalry and not the hate. I do appreciate you ending it on that in terms of the HBCU support. I do think we have to be careful of allowing Facebook to dictate what we see as the voice. Because oftentimes, as we've seen in Facebook, you get an echo chamber. We've seen this in the presidential race and people wanted to ignore it. But you see it now coming down to other commonalities within our community and our specific space, which now is HBCU even more so the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So I do think you make some extremely valuable points in regards to understanding uh, to support each other. And I think there were a lot of support for HBCU 
I mean, for FAMU making it in the playoffs. Unfortunately, yeah. those people supported in the way you're generally supposed to support. They were going to the game. They were watching on the uh, channel. Um, they were telling their friends of colleagues that are family folks, hey, go. But then you have this small, ignorant, as you said, correct segment that happened to be on Facebook and learn that you can stream on Facebook and not be responsible for what you stream. So I'm saying in a lot of ways, what we have to do is we really need to ignore that. That's the best way that you do with folks that are ignorant. You tune them out. You shut them down. You do not respond because if you respond, you can't win because that's not what they're trying to do is have a real dialogue. For the most part, they're just trying to be fired. They're trying to lit a flame and sow discourse. So I wouldn't even uh, frame that. I do want to make one thing uh, clear is it was a scheduling glitch for Prairie View that made Prairie View not necessarily available for the playoffs. And as Coach Simmons said very early, which is important, is he actually learned from that opportunity at Prairie View back in 2015. Prairie View was interested in the same thing about postseason play for the same reason. Um, one, obviously, if you get a chance to go play uh, and extend your season and chase a championship, you go for that. But more so about making sure the team had opportunity for additional practices and award your team for a great regular season when it doesn't work out. The problem is, is they waited too late. And in this year, the schedule was in such a way with the Texas A&M game, which people have their own concerns about, uh, which is a whole different conversation in regards to why that was set up. Maybe I'll share that a little bit more on Tuesday. But next year, what you'll find out is the schedule flips back to a regular schedule where Prairie View season, along with Mississippi Valley, because they could be in the same position, even though they're in the East, with, uh, East excuse me, in the West, is it will end before Thanksgiving weekend. So by definition, uh, if Prairie View is not playing in a championship game, they will be eligible for the playoffs. So it's not so much Eastern Division or Western Division. It's the teams in the situation. And I think what you find out about this, because what I really wanted to get on the table is that the framing of what took place this year was from a leadership position. It was the leadership of the conference office from the commissioner that did what was necessarily through the back channels of what we find out in this country is about politics and how do you make things happen when you have relationships and the impetus to make sure that things are done in a fair and adjudicated manner. Also kudos to the leadership of FAMU which goes from Vice President Courtney Gauthier, the head football coach, Willie Simmons, that knew very early that he wanted to give his opportunity to his team if they played well enough and they did it on the field. So kudos to those players that got it done throughout the rest of the season to put themselves in a position where they would be eligible for the playoffs. So I think it's more important to acknowledge the leadership of this Southwestern Athletic Conference in terms of what they're doing to make sure they change the entire direction of not just the SWAC, but HBCU programs overall, that we can financially benefit and change the dynamics of our institutions, both academically and athletically, such that we can be even a bigger force than we are now because we understand that framework. So I did want to put that on record and put that being said, before I close, I do want to share the mic with Professor Bishop and let him get a chance to share his thoughts as well. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the Sweat Championship Week. And more than anything, I'm excited for this Jackson State fan base. You know, Dr. Bill, we've been uh, covering the Sweat <laughs> Championship <laughs> for a second. To, and, I, and I've told you for a while, I said, what? Uh, and was, especially when the Celebration Bowl came online, uh, I've said often, boy, I, I would love for Jackson State to get an opportunity to get to this bowl game. And uh, we mm-hmm. uh, finally have gotten to a week where Jackson State has put themselves in position uh, to get to the Celebration Bowl. It's been a long time coming. It's been a lot of headaches, a lot of bumps in the road since 2013. Uh, This program uh, went in a completely 180 direction, uh, opposite direction from uh, the last time they were in the SWAC championship. So I'm so excited for this Jackson State fan base for this upcoming Saturday uh, for the nation to continue to get to see this uh, this excitement, this fervor for Jackson State football that's uh, unlike any other, I think, in the country because I, the Jackson community as a whole really gets in behind this team, especially when they're winning. So I'm looking forward to upwards of 40,000, maybe possibly 50,000 uh, this upcoming weekend for Jackson State and Prairie Bion Sweat Championship. So uh, Jackson State fans, I know you're going to do your part. Looking forward to it. This is going to be a tremendous Sweat Championship game. Well said, and we'll leave it right there. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Field, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab, the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. We hope you enjoyed our guest, Coach Antoine Sewell, the defensive coordinator of Bowie State University, as they continue with their run through the Division II playoffs. And we will be there to support them on that way, as you just seen by us giving him the interview and a platform to talk about his program. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Standard Time. And on Sunday at 9 o'clock, we'll be right here before you head to church. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Make sure you go to download my JBN, my BCS in the app so you can get all the platforms that you'll see everybody talking about the big games coming down this week as we start to transition into hardwood remind you we have some great HBCU head-to-head division one men's matchups today check those out we'll sneak out and make sure we can tell you about those updates on Tuesday as we take a deeper dive in the SWAC championship game 2021 follow me Dr. Yadika Bill on Twitter Facebook and Instagram that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Drew? Horse. Bishop? Lecture. Dismiss. We holler. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <coughs> <coughs>